I'd like to give one thing straight. Bill and Ted are not stoners. Okay, let's get back to it. <laughs> they have a nice outlook. They like people. Their friendship. This is the Get Hyterian Collection. It's the Stoner Movie Review Podcast for Doobie Brothers and Movie Lovers. I am your host, Tommy, and joining me as always is Omar. Yeah. <laughs> You're coming in smooth today. Chip, chip. You feeling good? Yeah, not bad. That's good to know. Um, so, I guess um, I just want to like, do you want to just like jump right into this one? Right. Um, it's a bit, I'll go, I'm going to go a few details about this. We're reviewing today Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And this was suggested by a couple of friends of ours. But I think this is our, our most like controversial entry. Because before yeah. we put something in the collection, what do we always ask? The most basic thing for the Get Hyterion collection, is it a stoner film? No. Well, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. We're going to get into this. Um, but there's one person who is on your side. One person's on your side in this issue, and that is one of the stars, Keanu Reeves. He has explicitly said that Bill and Ted are not stoners. He says that they're, in his own words, just like a couple of like uh, chill dudes with their own like uh, positive attitude on life. Is that, is that what you think they are? Is that what uh, you think they just got good vibes? I just think they're very spaced out and a bit dumb, like, as in like, mm -hmm. you know? You may disagree with me, but that's what I think, yes. innit? They're very, they're, they're very limited. Yeah, go on. I'm going to play Devil's Advocate by opposing the Devil's Advocate, by which I mean Keanu Reeves, who, as we all know, was the Devil's Advocate in the film Devil's Advocate, the movie where he literally advocates for the devil. So, um... I've not seen that at all, man. <laughs> it is... It's not a stoner film, so you don't have to, but it's just one of those, such a weird film, because back in that time, you always had these thrillers with these like ambiguous titles. There's a movie called The Devil's Own, but that's about the mm -hmm. Ray. It's not literally about the devil, but this one is. I can't remember what that's spoiler. Anyway, Bill and Ted, excellent adventure, 1989. It says here it's a science fiction comedy film, but I've seen so many people refer to this as a stoner film. It's um, grossed 40 million against a 6.5 million budget. So it's a pretty good success, relatively cheap. And this um, comes after, I just want to like talk about like some 
Back to the Future, which is like the original um, time travel comedy type thing. It's more of an adventure. That came out in 1985 and its sequel came out the same year as this, I think. And also Terminator is another time travel film. And I believe that came out in, sorry, came out before Back to the Future. Okay. <laughs> sorry, man. I'm just trying to like keep up the facts. Stars are Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, and of course, George Carlin. As um, Rufus. Yeah. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> so, man. So you're of the opinion that um, Keanu Reeves and uh, Bill and Ted are just like just a bit dumb, and Basically. I'd like to think that, but there's some stuff in the movie that kind of like contradicts this a little. So um, just get into it. Just get into the plot. So I wish Charlie started, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, like at the very start, they're at, oh, at one of their houses and um, well, filming each other, first, doesn't he? Huh? Rufus is opens the film, played by yeah. Rufus Martin. does, yeah. Rufus opens like, the film. Um, basically, gives them the time machine. And yeah. Explains that uh, he comes from like a superior, advanced future. Which is apparently entirely based around Bill and Ted's philosophy. Yeah. And you, you, they mentioned their philosophy explicitly <laughs> later on. Uh, but yeah, they're at uh, Bill's house. Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. They, they love their like advanced, like preppy names. So. Um, I don't. I don't think that Bill S. Preston is an esquire. You familiar with that term? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out who's who now, like Bill and Ted. Like, I watched the film the other day and now I forgot who's who. You forgot who's who? Yeah. Bill S. Preston Esquire is Alex Winter. Ah, yeah, Ted. Like, I was thinking Ted. Keanu I keep Reeves. thinking in my head, Ted. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, they've got these like big, like long, like uh, silly, like preppy names. I've got like a theory about like why they got these uh, super long names. Also, I like, think, I like to think that Ted st is short for Theodore, but also his name is middle name Theodore, so he's Theodore Theodore Logan. Yeah. But yeah, they're at his. Uh, they're, they're playing in his in a uh, Bill's garage. Because of the two of them, uh, Bill is more privileged. Like he comes from like a wealthier family and stuff. It seems while uh, Ted's a bit more blue collar. I think his dad's a cop. Yeah, and wants to take him to military school. Blah blah. blah. We'll get on to that later on. Yeah. <laughs> um. They're jamming so up. They're not very good. They're not good at all. Yeah. And they're also late for school. Mm. They're filming in that, but they're also late for school. Yeah, they're, and they're filming like a music video. 
Yeah. I think the yeah they're filming a music video and there's this weird like thing that it's kind of like sets up the both like how they think and their own like uh, logic. Like they say, Eddie Van Halen. Oh, rest in peace to Eddie Van Halen. It's so weird that like um he died shortly before we made this because he is like just like even though he's not in it they wanted him to be in it he's just like a crucial part of this like film this and this mythology yeah and he's like we need eddie van halen on guitar we won't get him on guitar until we get a music video we won't get the music video until we learn how to play and why can we learn to play until we get decent instruments True. that's why we need Eddie Van Halen on guitar and it's like literally just like a closed like loop that's no way of entering in but mm -hmm. somehow the whole film is on a closed loop yeah that's the center of the whole like a uh, time travel thing like something should be impossible but something outside interferes mm -hmm. so um began that like the time travel is not like set up yet but the concept of like a closed loop paradox is so, yeah, none of this necessarily points to them being stoned or anything. <laughs> so basically... Um, they're late for school. So they're going to school, they're late they're for school. By uh, his stepmom. Yeah. Like four years older. Who ten likes. <laughs> yeah. That's just, like, just so, <laughs> such a strange aspect of this film. And like, um, she acts proper mumsy as well. Like, even though she's not much like uh, older than them, like, think like when they joined school, she was a senior, but she's like oh. wild, like mumsy, she's like getting them snacks and stuff. It's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah, because um, Bill's uh, dad mm. is older than her, well older than her, yeah. So um, they're at school, they're late for school, mm -hmm. and they're asked who Joan of Arc and Napoleon are. Yeah, this is their history class, which they're very much Yeah, this is a history class, and they flunked, so check this year, they flunked every single lesson of the history lesson. Yeah. And they need to get an A plus in order to pass. Mm. So... So Ted don't go to military school and they get to play the band and whatever. But yeah, let's like military yeah, yeah. school is like just one of those like classic like slacker threats. Like that for some reason all of them usually have at least some kind of like hard ass dad is gonna send them off to military school. I guess um I'm not sure how common the threat of military school is, but uh I assume it came up after they got rid of the draft. That's what I'm assuming. Because before, like, you used to just, you know, just got sent to the military. But so I assume there's, like, some kind of maybe, like, a post-Vietnam threat. I'd have to, like, I'd have to, like, look at more films, more slacker films from before uh, the 80s, really, to get the gist of it. One thing I like to say, uh, you see Bill, like, wears his own merchandise. He wears his own Wild Stallions merch. Wild Stallion? Yeah, he wears his own Wild Stallions merch. Wild Stallions are their band. I didn't notice that, you know. Oh, but his merchandise, it's not like something he got printed with the logo. It's like completely like hand-drawn. He just like 
go and oh, okay. just drew like a, like a, a horse on the back. Hmm. Um, military school. I, I yell that at my daughter. I keep like when she's acting up, I say military school. She's like only only two, so it's not like quite valid a threat, but. <laughs> It will be later on. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. When she's old enough to know what schools, I wouldn't threaten her with that, but it's just funny. I don't know. Are the military. You're going to brownies. Hmm? You're going to brownies or something <laughs> like that. I, I don't think brownies works as a, th a threat like military school. What's, what's, um, what's the other one? What's the other one? What's the one below it? There's brownies and there's guides. 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 Were you in any of those groups? I was a beaver, cub, and a scout. But I got kicked out of scouts. I got too naughty, man. You got too naughty, you got kicked out. Yeah, I was a bit naughty, so it led. So what, what, I I fell out with a few people mm. after football, football one time. Um, and we, went, we got into a dispute after school like after the football and that led on to because the same people was going to scouts and yeah yeah like it's funny you see these groups on uh tv and movies and stuff and they always seem like uber like disciplined like kind of like what the way you brought it up they're like seem like pseudo like military like organizations but I know I was only in for uh, I think maybe like Cubs or something for like a couple a uh, couple of months, and yeah. I don't know it just, just seemed like a place for people to dust about really. Yeah, I like the um, I like the trips that we used to go on. Yeah, like absolutely. the weekend trips. Yeah, and stuff like that. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's the same as like a military school though. <laughs> Obviously not, no. <laughs> so, but, um, um, so speaking of like the trips, Bill and Ted go on a trip, a most excellent trip. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I like that um, when Rufus finds them, they like to get their homework done rather than cracking open a book. They're just standing in front of like a store hassling strangers for history advice, like saying, you know who Joan of Arc is? That's like some extreme, like low level effort, just asking any old stranger. That's you've gone fast forward, you fast went fast forward to that part. We ain't even spoke about Ted's, Ted's dad. Oh, yeah. Oh. Ted. Are you sure you're like, we spoke a bit more. He's a guy threatening them with military Yeah, to go to military school, yeah. Yeah, yeah those are the stakes. And Rufus comes from the future mm. while they're trying to study outside the store. And what you said, what you just said, how mm. uh, they were um, asking randoms. Yeah, it's kind of weird though, because you already got like these little stakes that they... um that the band's going to split up and they're not going to be friends anymore. And apparently, like, uh, I guess, like, their friendship is so important that, like, the future will change completely for the negative if they don't, like, uh, 
form their band. I mean, that, that's like the central like joke that for some reason these like complete like idiot slackers who can't even play. That's an important thing that they're not even that good at p- playing. Well, somehow they are destined. Yeah, to you're not like Nirvana or anything. To unite the whole planet. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, like, um, one thing that, like, um, I did notice about them, though, they're, like, they're, they're, not, they're not smart people. Well, like, the way they talk, like, I've heard some people say they talk like, like, surfers, like, um, California surfer types. Where yeah. Surf isn't near the ocean, but there's, I noticed that there's something, like, the manner is, there's little ticks and stuff, but they don't use, like, surface slang. They never use gnarly or tubular or stuff. They say gnarly once, but... Yeah, they use big words and that, and they're yeah, from San Dimas. Yeah, but they don't use slang. They, like, literally do just, like, use big words in their proper context. Yeah. And um, I was talking about their names earlier, and I've got a theory that the longer they talk even though what they're saying isn't stupid, the longer they talk, the dumber they sound. And that's why they gave them those like long names to like just keep talking. Mm-hmm. But I know. So there may be some kind of like intelligence going on there. Yeah, but, saying then, yeah. It's a very way of talking. But then like you got like Keanu Reeves, he acts like basically like a little puppy. It's just like some puppy-like himbo. But anyway, Rufus. Rufus turns up, played by George Carlin, looking fresh. Yeah, from the, fru- from the future. Yeah. And then the future Bill and Ted turned out, turn up as well. Yes, it's already like in like a weird, like a... He... No, there's two separate time machines. I got, I got a bit confused. <laughs> time travel. Yeah, of course there is. They wouldn't be in the same time machine. Yes, there's only one time machine, but because they both travel back at the same time, there's two, and that's why there's two Bill and Ted's. But there's not two Rufuses, which is why he goes up and talks to the other crew. Mm-hmm. I thought I was like, um, I thought I had this down, but uh, <laughs> I know if it's. Uh, it's extremely like what you'd call like soft science fiction, but it plays by its own rules a little. <laughs> you familiar with like the hard soft sci-fi concept? What's that? Hard sci-fi and soft sci-fi. I don't. I, I don't know. Like I like sci-fi. Like I like some sci-fi, but well, I wouldn't. What sci-fi do you like? <sighs> Logan's Run, Westworld, um, Fahrenheit, 451, stuff like that. Okay. I would say Rollerball is sci-fi. Mm. Rollerball. So you're like mainly like um, examinations of like dystopic concepts. Uh, but What's that? What, dystopian concepts. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And um, oh, speaking of which, some people speculate this is like greater fan theory than actually the future that Bill and Ted create is a dystopia. But they look at stuff like all of the weird, sterile nature of it and they decide, I don't know, I, 
I don't think there's anything to suggest it is. Rufus yeah. says that it's cool. And plus, the future looks cool. It's cool. They're playing, like, cool music. It's entirely based off of, like, um, metal. I don't know. I think it's a good future. But like, soft sci-fi is when you have, like, a concept and you don't really care how, it's, how it works. Like, you just have it. Yeah. So the fact that they have a time machine and they're in a closed-loop paradox... It follows its own rules, but they don't like explain like how it was discovered. They don't get into the like the in-depth part of it. Like don't say. Like, yeah, they don't go into the mechanics in that. No, they just say this is it. This it will, it, instead of like running on like it runs off of, like a, a phone a phone book. Yeah. So that's what it means by soft sci-fi. Like they they get they explain just enough to like set up a premise, but they don't like they don't explore the deeper ideas of it, which is. Fine, it's a silly movie. Yeah, and hard sci-fi is hard sci-fi is when you're like properly like you really like get into like the nitty gritty of it. You focus on that mark more than you would focus on the uh, then the nature of the technology rather than you would like just like the premise. I'm trying to think like what's a good hard sci-fi. I, I, like Star Wars is obviously hard sci-fi, no soft sci-fi, because they don't really like. And Star Trek, I guess, would be like harder sci-fi, because they get into like the nature of the um, technology a bit more. What about Star Stargate SG One? Stargate. Um, I'm trying to think. I've not seen that in a while. I'm not so sure, but. Um, Asimov, like, brave, oh, here's one, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Like, that is totally, like, majority of that book is just an exploration of how they created the dystopian thing. Yeah, um, I don't know. Of it's yeah. the technology. To, to be honest, like, I said to cut you, but, like, um, I'm not really, I'm not really a book type of person. I'm yeah. very visual. I like to, like to watch stuff, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I'd say it's like more like Star Trek versus Star Wars is like main, the main like difference. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I got I got off on one. <laughs> so um, oh here's a here's a soft sci-fi concept: the idea of San Dimas time. San Dimas. The clock in San Dimas is always running. Yeah. Like, even though logically they've got a time machine, so they should be able to travel any which way they want and kind of like suck all of the drama out of it. Um, right? This idea of San Dimas time, which there's always a static time which they move toward. And that solely exists because of the plot demands it rather than any specific um, scientific concept. So that's where you work and get San Dimas time. Yeah. That's what, oh, and that's why he says like a weird loop and he says like, don't forget to rewind your watch. That's it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was gonna, I was about to get onto that. Yeah, <laughs> it took now a long walk there. Yeah. They go back in time in order to get A plus in history.
Mm. So in order to do that, they need to go into the phone booth and dial the numbers that are, that are from the phone book, yeah. as we talked about a minute ago. It's funny, this is just like a couple of years from the internet, like properly like uh, going online. But if you think about it, like, it's kind of like, just like, remember the old internet, you had to like use a phone book to operate it and a phone line. And it's like that, it's like they're using the internet to cheat at the homework, basically. I never had dial-up, that's the bad thing about it. I never had dial-up. Mm. Like, obviously in schools tonight, they had dial-up, but... Well, this is before like a dial-up, this is back when you actually had a phone physically attached to like your modem. Oh, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. And that was in the 90s. Yeah, early 90s. Uh, you see it in a lot of, like, uh, you see it in war games, um, the movie Hackers, in the movie Hackers. Yes, yes. Go up to Hackers. Hackers is one of my favourite films. <laughs> yes. Fucking love that film, man. Yeah, so I feel like this uh, film is almost like a precursor to, like, getting the... Uh, internet like known in people's uh subconscious yeah like with hackers like they have to use they have to be next to a payphone while they're surfing the net and stuff like that yeah yeah before like um you just like dialed it indirectly that's how it hack works. the planet <laughs> hack the planet but, i could go on about that phone but let's let's talk about bid and ted yeah so, um, sadly, Hackers isn't a stoner film, I don't think. And we're not, still not it's not sure a stoner film. Is. It's not a stoner film, man. You might find an excuse. If we can talk about uh, stuff like this. Um, so, one thing I found, like, the very first thing they'd go to is a war. <laughs> they go to war and they're just like, oh, cool, a war. Oh, the first bit. Yeah. When they're in, um, where is it? Um, in Austria, uh, they're in uh, Austria, 1805. Yeah. The French are invaded, and Napoleon, he's like, he's curious. He's like, what's happening? So he, he actually ch chases after the phone booth, and he gets caught in the loop. Yeah, uh, the stream or whatever. Oh, that's it, yeah. Oh, there's a specific name that they call it. Oh, I forget yeah. what it was. Yeah. It's Rufus mentions it. The circuits of time, so it's even like more like internet. <laughs> yeah. The circuits of time or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when they get the idea. And they... You were like um, talking about... Uh, a bit about this the other day about how they kind of like um they're not like too concerned also like about what the uh historical figures are like like um the way they have like billy the kid they just like treat him as like a generic cowboy yeah so crates is socrates um they pronounce it so crates by socrates and that it's just like, um, he's like a philosopher. Yeah. But they back it's it like, up. It's like the philosopher, he's like one of the founders of Western philosophy. 
inside. Dust, wind. Yeah. <laughs> the, those are lyrics from the band uh, Kansas, I think. Oh, let me. No, did I mess it up? I'm going to have to check this up. Yes, like sounds of the hourglass. Dust, wind, dude. All the hearts dust in the wind. Look it up, Tom. Yes, Kansas. It's the song Dust in the Wind by Kansas. I don't know why it took me. Yeah, I was right the first time. I wasted a bunch of time. Sorry about that. Is it, you see, Kansas, is it that. Uh, has it got that lead singer? What's her name? Um, Cyan Shet. No, I can't remember, man. Oh, fuck. It's got um, a woman as a lead singer. No, I don't think so. I'm thinking of Texas. Texas, yeah. Kansas are like a 70s rock group. They like did a Carry On Wayward Son. Okay, yeah. See, I wouldn't know, man. That was no. before my time. Yeah, that's I'm the thing. Sure. Like, um, this is like very like a 70s to 80s rock. They reference yeah. like your your Ozzy Osbourne, your Iron Maiden, your Kansas, your uh, your Van Halen, obviously. And this is like um, the t the type of like metalheads they are is um very for some reason like um of the subcultures punks in eighties movies they're always like villains and stuff. In Terminator, a bunch of like punk fans are getting a fight with the Terminator, don't they? And he steals their like uh, their clothes. But metalheads have always been like uh, portrayed as goofy, friendly types. This goes up to Wayne's World. Yeah. And depending on like kind of how this goes, you might look at Wayne's World. Wayne's World, unlike Bill and Ted. Tease is a bit more of the fact that they might be like a stoners and up to unsavory stuff. They got similar attitudes, but you remember in Wayne's World, they have that um, the guy who's just like partied out. Like this. Oh, you saw me. No, I haven't seen that in years, man. So like, but like, I really can't remember. They have a guy who's like, you know, he's like nauseous, like on the verge of vomiting. And the parents oh, okay. have been partying, but they don't mention any drugs or alcohol throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I want to know if this like, is this like boulderized, like with all the stoner stuff taken out, but like it's coded, like it's in Wayne's world. I'd say that dude wears my Did you just say COVID? Hmm? Did you just say COVID? Coded. C -O -D. Ah, I see what I mean. I've got COVID in my brain, man. <laughs> Coded is when you like kind of use the, um, you kind of like have the social like appearance of something rather than explicitly stated, but it's not quite like a metaphor. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, so it's not just when you express something like really like indirectly like you don't have to say it but it's kind of like the clues are there you know like, like shaggy from scooby-doo like people believe that he's coded as a stoner you oh, think um, shaggy is a stoner shaggy from scooby-doo yeah yeah i do you think everyone's a stoner isn't it? oh no what i'm t 
look, Shaggy is definitely a stoner. They like joke about it all the time. Bill and Ted is who it's a bit sketchy for. So, um, the bit with um, the Socrates in, I do remember they say uh, the first, his big quote that they reference is, says, the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. And Bill goes like, that's us. That, you've, again, you fast forwarded, man. We went this is from... literally in the scene where he is. So, you mentioned so, Socrates turning up. I was talking about, I was going to talk about Napoleon, a eh? fall, fall, fall to the tree. Yeah, but like this, we, what, what were you going to say about Napoleon? I was going to say he falls to the tree <laughs> and is taken into Ted's house. Yeah, and, he, and he's told to keep him in the house. Yeah. And they go to, we'll see, they go to that place to eat ice cream. Yeah, but I'm talking. Well, that's the skips ahead as well. But I'm talking about like the. Uh, I'm talking about the themes. You talk about the plots. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. The idea yeah. of like knowing, you know, nothing is like thing about. Um, Fair enough, man. So um, I will say, uh, the way they treat Napoleon like is quite interesting because um, one, they treat him as like a spoiled little kid, and throughout the movie, they do have like. Um, this all comes to uh, crux later when they drop him off at the mall. Like, is this a movie which just has like a very silly approach to history? Or does uh, taking all these great people to like more modern times no, but have a negative like effect that makes them act immature? I don't want to spoil it, but I swear he gets kicked out of the bowling alley. And mean jerk, yeah. For, being, for not paying. And he gets lost in that. Yeah. That's what said. And he goes to the water place. Well, now you're skipping ahead. I'm not sure. This is mad, man. See what I mean? Like, well, the, the, um, this bit of the movie, actually, where they're just scooping up, like, her characters for... Uh, yeah, 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 of course. I mean, yeah, yeah we're talking about really something. talk about all of them. They pick up Joan of Arc. They pick up look, Genghis Khan with Twinkie. I guess one thing you could refer to, like, in more detail is uh, when they meet the princesses, which is after they pick up Billy Kid and Socrates. They pick up, we, so they picked up Socrates. They picked up Genghis Khan. They pick up Joan of Arc. They pick up Billy the Kid first. They pick up, um, well, well Sigma Quinn. Huh? They grab Napoleon first, my accent. Napoleon first. He was Napoleon, then mm. the kid. Then so crazy. Which is one of my favorite jokes is when they talk about uh, they don't get carded. So, like, oh, nice. We need to remember this place. Then so crates. Then they go to medieval England to see the princesses. That's it. They go to England. And they nearly get beheaded. Yeah. Because. Because uh, they like, break into the castle and get into a bit of a scrap. They like are yeah. one thing about this scene. They like for, compared to like a lot of the other characters that we looked at in these movies. They're like more braver, like noble people. They're not like so much in the vein of like uh, anti-heroes. Like you get uh, Harold and Kumar. They acted like a bit sketchy. And they're like a bit perverted. While um, Bill and Ted are like uh, like 
noble poets, they go up and say, I bring to you a message of love. Yeah, yeah. I think they're like more like creative, like poet types, which might also explain why they act a bit dumb and like flighty. Like, I feel like they're, they're like emotional intelligence acts like a bit too many steps ahead of the actual intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the way they act is kind of like the kind of like it's like like silly like knights. I mean, I say the knights; they do do a massive kidnapping across time and space. So, yeah, <laughs> that's not quite like a noble thing to do. But they put everyone back. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh... But like that lures into like a like. This leads up to what I was like talking about earlier. Are they like, um, are they just like products of like um, Reagan era excess? Like, or like if they lived another time, would they be noble? Like, I mean, they do like uh, come up when they travel back to uh, when they travel. As you said, back to the future. That's <laughs> I can't go around doing that. Mm-hmm. And travel like to the um, utopian future. They do like come forward and they have the message. Yeah. Forth and be excellent to each other. Yeah. And that's like what Keanu Reeves says. He says they just got a positive outlook. You just got to be nice to people. And I don't think they are like mean. Like even like in Wayne's world, Wayne and Garth, they're like a bit mocking and sarcastic to people. There's not like mean mean but like that they do they do genuinely just seem like puppies are they just like are they just happy people (laughs) or are are they high so um i guess at this part um let's talk about uh all the characters get gathered up like once they meet the princesses they're very charming uh they judge they dodge death like Billy and like so great, so like their best friends. Yeah. So they gathered up. They need to get Napoleon because he's been ditched and they all end up in the mall. Yeah, yeah, basically. And they think, where would Napoleon go? And they go to the war palace. I want to talk about war being in the mall because, like, that's like a. Yeah, a that's very good, actually. Joan of Arc becomes um, uh, a robots teacher. Yeah. <laughs> they just go up at all these antics. The funniest things to me are Beethoven taking advantage of massive synths. Yeah, that's like yeah. peak funniest bit. And um, Billy, Billy, um, Billy the Kid, and what's his name? Um, so great. So great. Floyd trying to. Like, and Sigmund and Floyd are there and trying to chat up girls. Yeah. Genghis Khan gets caught. Mm, <laughs> messing with the mannequin and that. Khan is also like that bit like that lands the best for me that's it yeah he's with that's the baseball like, bat and he's like swinging it about those two things are like the like the peak of them like using the uh comedic potential of that situation Beethoven <laughs> and all the sins and extreme sports Khan those are like the peak like uh, historical jokes because a lot of them like are kind of shallow like um but I just like like those two concepts the best. The actress who played oh, Joan of Arc, I say she's an actress. She is actually a musician. She's from a band. 
I thought they'd use like more people from bands. She's from the band The Go Go's, and uh, three most important people in the universe. They're all from her. She looks like she looks like someone else, like another actor, like um, what's her name? What's her name? Winona Ryder or something like that. Does look like Winona Ryder. I thought it was her. I was thinking, is it her? No, no it's uh She's called a. I'm gonna say this wrong. Jane Wideland. Jane Wideland. She's a no. backing vocalist for this new wave band called the Go Go's. Okay. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. Uh, she's acted in. She acted in some stuff before, but like just like just like small roles and stuff. Her like acting career didn't really go anywhere. I mean, she she doesn't even speak much as Joan of Arc. Oh, the bit. The bit where they turn up like uh, the phone booth while she's praying and they look like angels and stuff, that's like another one of like the, the peak like moments of the film for me. Abraham Lincoln uh, steals a hat while trying to get his picture taken. You know, uh, if I ever travel back, if I ever travel forward in time, like through like a science, not like the regular way I'm traveling through time right now, yeah, at the regular boring rate. I need to like, get all of my catchphrases and stuff like down because I'd probably be expected to wander around. So it's like, oh, you're, you're Tommy. Uh, yes, I'm Tommy. Go forth and what have you. Oh, that's the thing. That's the trippy thing about this film is that they go around gathering all these great people from history, but they <clears throat> themselves are great people from history. Bill and Ted are great historical figures themselves. <laughs> Yeah. And the reason that they are is because they went to gather up a bunch of like historical figures <laughs> like it passed For the history class, yeah. For the history um presentation. Rufus treats them Rufus treats them as like great historical figures. So what they are to Rufus, despite actually being a bunch of dummies, all of the people that gather up from history turn out to like act quite dumb and immature. I like that. <laughs> it's like very like they're they're nice. need, so they're basically needed, yeah. In, so they're basically needed in order for future to be right. Yes. If not, then future the future will be a, a different place. Yeah, this is what you call like a like a closed time paradox. In Back to the Future, I was talking to you about paradoxes the other day. Yeah. In um. In Back to the Future. The way he exists now, because his time machine is invented in the present, mm -hmm. when he travels back, that disrupts the timeline. And then he messes around with stuff and he ends up nearly not existing. In Bill and Ted, because of like a, their time machine comes from the future, Mm -hmm. That means everything they did had to lead up to the time machine being invented. The time machine doesn't get invented if they don't pass their class. But they don't pass the class if they don't get the time machine. Yeah. So it's like their timeline. Time machine has to exist in the future. Yeah, of course. And if they did anything to stop it, like it's like the Assassin's Creed games, like when you mess around in that and says, oh, you've done something to stop the timeline. You have to start again. Talking about Assassin's Creed, I'm sure they made a video or something uh, based on it and whatever, I don't know. What, like a movie? Yeah. 
I'm not too sure because I'm not I'm not in the loop of certain stuff, like new stuff. So I knew they was gonna make some kind of thing about it. Yeah. But also, um yeah, so all of them get like arrested. Napoleon uh they all get arrested and they all get interviewed with that and the thing is Ted's dad is the one that's in the police station. Yeah, because his dad's the cop. Yeah. And then, like, they um, use the whole closed time loop paradox to their advantage in, like, a weird way. Like, the fact that they, like... See, I'm not quite sure if they're dumb, if they're able to, like, suddenly, like, basically manipulate time at will just, like, to be... Just through sheer force of will, they just like make time do what they want. Like they keep think they said like, oh, what's the one like? Just all these tricks. You put the keys behind the sign. Yes, so they could uh, <laughs> they put the keys behind the sign. So later on, they can pick them back up. That's the thing they mentioned. There's not enough time for, for them to do that. Oh, because they've only had two hours left. Yeah, so, so well, we'll just do it afterwards then. Mm. <laughs> it's like, you t so even though they, they've somehow, it's, it's another closed time loop, because to drop the thing off after the presentation, yeah. they have to have passed, so time travel exists. They really, they really fall around with this. But um, another thing, like, uh, they, I don't know, they basically like make time the bitch. What can I say? And uh, the, the presentation, like the way they make that look, that it does look good. Like, I'm not quite sure about like the uh, educational value of it, but like. It's like, oh, what's he doing? Like, um, Ted's dad, and, uh, Bill's dad is like, oh, they argue. Bill's dad is arguing with Ted's dad. Yeah. And like, this is after, this is just after Bill and Ted have got, has gathered all of them up, mm. including Napoleon. Yeah. They got him from the water park. Yeah. And they do the presentation. The water, the Waterloo. The Waterloo, where he just—he was scared to go. Joke. He gets pushed. This is the thing. He gets pushed by the person that works there, and he's—he's he's like going through the Waterloo, and he loves it, and he keeps on like pushing kids away and stuff, and to get on the the water. Yeah. yeah. He, he, like, takes to the excesses of the modern age, like, uh, more than anyone. He's, like, he's gorging himself, like, it's very uh, unseemly. I was going to say it's unseemly for a French person, but, of course, Napoleon is a Corsican. He's a Corsican crocodile. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, the presentation, like, when you, like, it's funny because there's not there's little clues as to like what makes like uh, this supposed like great band that they form later on the Wild Stallions, what makes them good, and it's not musical talent, but the stuff like they have like 
a great command of English for some reason, and obviously got a great command of spectacle. Like the, they don't just like drag them up and say like this is this person, this is that person. They just like they do like an exhibition of martial arts about history. They like do an in-depth like psychoanalysis as part of it. They talk about like back uh, with Joan of Arc. They do a sword fight. Yeah, <laughs> and then Napoleon, he like he describes the the invasion mm. as like <laughs> war. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's kind of weird because apparently, like the whole like um, I can't remember what the exact question was. It's like it's like. But apparently, like saying, like, what would these people think of San Dimas today? Okay. Yeah. So, like, they're always like. And majority of the people, and this is the thing, majority of the people that did the thing were not. They didn't really have good presentations. Are you what? They don't. What about the guy whose presentation is just San Dimas High School football rules? <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. See that never made that he's he's talking, he's like a bit dull and he says that thing. Oh yeah, like San Dimas football. Da, 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 da. I, I rely on that line like to get myself out of a jam many a time. You will not besmirch that guy's amazing presentation. Amount of jams again. Um anything else you wanna say plot wise? Because this is like we nearly wrapping this up. Yeah. It's quite quick, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, well, the point is they pass. They pass A. They, they get A plus. Of course. But they still so shit at awesome. playing instruments. Yeah. And also, I've noticed um, the band that they have has the princesses mentioned before in. And like yet another weird close time paradox. Like, Yeah, they come back with Rufus. And they're all dressed forward. up. Huh? Yeah, they come forward. And he yeah, they come forward. Like, uh, because Rufus, Rufus saved them from the... Arranged marriage. Yes. Arranged yes. marriage so... is like the... Um, it's basically the female version of military school in history. Basically. Yeah, in terms of like the threats to like propel the events of a film. Uh, I've noticed this, like, uh, so they were forming a band with just, like, two guitarists and, like, trying to add a third guitarist in the form of Eddie Van Halen. And then... Um, it ain't gonna happen no. now, because he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. He did the solo, he did the solo for the song Beat It. Show it some respect. Look, yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about Van Halen, but... You're not a fan of Beatles. You're not a fan of Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. That oh. song you did the solo on. He does the solo on that, and he did like a good portion of the arrangement. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does a big solo in it. That's just like a. That's just. Beat it, beat it, beat it. <laughs> yeah. I noticed Sorry. that uh, one of the uh, princesses plays. Uh, drums and the other one plays keys so they have no bass player and they're really shit and well i don't know like they maybe if they had like a a bass player they'd be able to keep the rhythm properly <laughs> exactly 
there's no click track or anything, man. Yeah. I was like, or anything. Get a drummer later, but I think the problem is like they both they strike me as the type of people who um, can't play guitar but both want to play lead. I guess that's like me, isn't it? Like I've got two guitars and I don't know how to play, and like I want to play lead guitar. Well, not lead guitar, but electric guitar. Yeah, the way they they're just running around like strumming them though, like yeah, it, it's, and just like creating walls of feedback and stuff. It's <laughs> yeah, man. But and they get better, as Rufus says. They get better. Yeah, they get better. Okay. Um, so let's talk about it. Uh, I'm not sure, like, uh, we've come <laughs> up with all kinds of different... Is it a stoner film? We've come up with all these theories, like, are they, like... We're not even quite sure, like, how intelligent they are. Uh, we don't know if they're just spaced out, if they're just products of... Um, of the environment. Like an era generation. Yeah. They be, could they, they do like giggle after every single line they say. I'm, I'm, I'm going to like go to ask Frank. I'm going to ask Frank if Bill and Ted are stoners. Are they just positive people? Do they just have like a, a sweet outlook on life? I mean, there has to be like some kind of like value to them if they like the entire future relies on them. Um. I, if anything, maybe, you know, uh, Half-Baked? Yeah. Chappelle wasn't happy with Half-Baked because he says it turned out as being a stoner movie for children. Okay. I feel like Bill and Ted is more of a stoner movie for children. Ah. In the sense that it doesn't even have, like, the weed in or any of the sketchy behavior, but it does kind of feel like that. Like, they're not, they're not surfers. Do they have like slight surf affectation? Even if they don't even do proper surface slang, they just like have absurdly large vocabularies. Yeah. Um, but they do come across like that. Hmm. Dude, yeah. Are they just from California? Well, I, I think like he brought up uh, Wayne's World. I've been yeah. proposing like what I call it a sub sub genre. Stoner comedy is already a niche genre. I'm proposing a sub sub genre of the stoner movie, which is the the Hesher metalhead film. Damn. We're, we're just like apparently like in pop culture, just listening to heavy metal is just like smoking a brick of hash. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead are they stoners? They drink cola. Yeah, they mainly drink cola, but they do seem kind of stoned. It's like yeah. drugs or are they just listening to uh, metal? The metal heads and little Nicky are similar. Okay. Uh, what else is there? Wayne's World. We can like look at. You know what? Um, before we like. I say we look at a few more of these like Hesher films before we properly decide. Oh, Airheads, that's one, another one. Look at a couple more of these and maybe we'll decide. Um, but let's just go for the rest of the questionnaire. But did you like it? It wasn't bad. 
I mean, like, I watched it when I was a kid. Yeah. And like, I um, Starting a movie for kids. <laughs> I mean, it's what it is, isn't it? It's just like, it's just two guys going back in time mm-hmm. to say, to basically... Harold and Kumar's just about getting burgers. Exactly. <laughs> and getting high. Yeah, that's true. Um, social significance, well, I was going about like the moral and stuff. I'm not quite sure about... Uh, I'd say the fact that uh, apparently like... Uh, sorry, but... So unfortunately, Tommy from the past ended up training off and basically umming a nine for well over 15 minutes. So thankfully, I have traveled back in time from the future, which is also a much happier future where I've successfully justified the existence of Bill and Ted as a stoner film and inducted it into the Get High Tyrion collection. At least I will if I manage to nail this part right. Unfortunately, rather than coming up with anything, I ended up mainly just making the time machine. But I managed to find something on Tumblr from an account called Bill and Ted's Most Excellent Yaoi. And here it is, uh, the cultural significance of Bill and Ted's Most Excellent Adventure. And it says... This series is, Bill and Ted are cute and gay and like to kiss each other, and they love the princesses who are not sisters, by the way, and they are in a cute polycule with them, and they are cute and gay and kiss each other. Okay, that's completely useless, sorry. Uh, I'm going to have to try and fix this before the end of the podcast. I'll like... Does anyone know anything about time travel? Like, sorry, back to the episode. Talent. That's, that's nice to think. <laughs> talk about this kind of stuff before um uh-huh. well yeah uh to be honest, well, no, like no. at this point i'm not entirely sure whether it it gets i'm gonna put a pin on bill and ted getting into the collection for now because i'm until i sort out this whole hesher movie theory so um apart from that um let's uh let's wrap this up uh yeah man you got any like recommendations or anything to promote i know you got something to promote. you got your gofundme oh yeah my gofundme yeah um yeah my ep's nearly finished um still working on that slowly so yeah like my gofundme is basically the help from my next release which is an ep um what made you choose GoFundMe for your uh, for your crowdsort? I'm not too sure because um, I thought it was more easier and uh, and I just felt like it was like the more it's more e- easy access. I don't know, like because with Kickstarter, I didn't really trust it, and I don't know much about Indiegogo and stuff like that. Mm. Whereas 
I should have choose should have chose a crowdfund, which I may do. With, I don't want to say too much, but I do want to do a crowdfund where people get a set thing if they you buy. Like a, do you have like a pitch? A pitch for this EP? So like you know, get people to want to like uh, put them the good money towards it. What do you mean a pitch? You know, pitch like sell, sell the album, like tell these people why like, this is your album that's gonna. Yeah, you know, no, basically, is it, is it gonna change the world like Bill and Ted? It's gonna change something. <laughs> it's gonna change. I don't know, man. It's gonna just do something. I don't know what to say, man. So you're using field recordings from made in Paris. That's it. I'm using field recordings for the whole thing. Throughout the whole thing, there's film recordings. I've listened to some of your stuff, and it's very like uh, minimalist ambient, like almost not quite ambient, but minimalist. Uh, yeah, back type music. It's going to be more. Yeah, fun. I mean, so I started transitioning from someone that would make one set of music to making all kinds of music. But I always used to make all kinds of music before. But yeah. Um, I'd say this new stuff is a bit of both things, like a bit drum heavy, a bit minimalistic in that as well, in a sense of ambient. There is, there is ambient, ambientness. Is that a word, ambientness? But um, yeah, there is, there is a, a sense of ambience in the whole thing, and there's a sense of musicality. So yeah, that's what I'm changing. That's it. You doing Ch this um, under the Sculp Arts record label? Okay, cool. Um, so um, let's just just drop the uh, your your Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Where can we find you? It's um, O Technology, which is O T E K N O L G. Oh, wait. No, fucking no, I messed up. <laughs> O-T-E-K-N-O-L-O-G-Y. Mm -hmm. And yours is? I'm at Tommy is BS on Twitter. The uh, podcast is? It's the G-H-C-P-O-D. It's T-H-E-G-H-C-P-O-D. It's the Get High Tearing Collection. I said it wrong, innit? See what I mean? Yeah. I said it wrong. I said T-H-C. See what I mean, man? Don't do that. It's T-H-E-G-H-C-P-O-D. And you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us anywhere that you get your podcasts from. So exactly. review, subscribe. I think, that's, uh, I think that's it. I think we can uh, call a day on this one. Yeah, man, I messed up at the end. Okay, let's wrap it up. Thanks. Yeah, man. Is it done? Yeah. Yes, this is. Cool. I might like try and drop in. Like, might do some time travel and put in like the uh, moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yeah. I've done it before. Oh, we'll see. Uh, I'll chat to you later. I'm going to uh, check something. Are you going to check your kids? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bye. Man. Bye. Bye.